can't see without my glasses. I thought I was gonna be pretty, but no, it's not working. Girl, you're pretty with or without your glasses. Oh, you're so sweet. Wow, you're beautiful. Okay. <coughs> <laughs> Three, two, one. Welcome to The Peaceful Truth, the podcast where we talk about everything from feminism, feminist issues, and everything in between. You are joined by your co hosts, Megan Hoharts and Kenzie Meekbeck. Yay! It's Friday it's night. It's Friday. It's Friday. And the feeling's right. <laughs> Completely <laughs> different. Night. There's also this Friday night. Da, na, 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 the Katy Perry song. You know that one? No, I think it's last Friday oh. night. We were dancing on stuff. So we're recording on Friday because we're having a slumber party. Slumber party, girlfriends. Boom. Um, how's your week, Meg? Fine. Work, 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 work. You gotta get a work, work. What wow. else? We're very musical today and we've lost everyone. Um, I worked. I did yoga. I taught yoga. Perfect. That's all I got. What about you? same but not teaching yoga um i worked out this week which was good i haven't worked out very much this year i've been pretty naughty about it um but i was good and worked out nice and um it's the most wonderful time of every four years the olympics it's the most wonderful time god we gotta stop singing (laughs) relevant things so i love the olympics i do too i think you love it more than me though I love it more than most people. Yeah. I, I downloaded the Olympics app. I'm good. I'm set. Refresh it. See how many medals have been won. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Megan likes the Olympics more than me. <laughs> Did you see... You were going to be like, yes, Kenzie. Did you see the American team that's like, has been alive? Yes. Isn't that cute? And they're ice skaters and they're the best ones. And I saw the ice skater. He's a guy who's only 18, so... Hopefully he'll be around for, you know, a couple We're recording this and this won't be aired for a long time. So we're going to be behind. Yeah. On what happened. Okay. Yesterday it was his Olympic debut and he was supposed to kill it. He was supposed to do quadruple turns and all kinds of stuff. And he fell flat on his ass. Oh no. I felt so bad for him. That's so sad. Because they trained so hard. But I know he's going to get back at it. I know he's going to get back at it. Yep. Once you fall, you got to get up. Yes. Okay, Kens. I'm glad that we had good weeks. I'm going to spend the whole week in watching the Olympics. Me too. What are we talking about this week? It's a little bit of, we kind of got to tone down because it's a little bit more of a, well, it is a serious topic. Um, And it's a trigger for some people. It's about physical abuse. So if you are triggered by this, please don't listen. Or if you listen to it, um, there are resources online to seek help if it bumped you up. So we thought that we would do one episode um, on physical abuse and then another episode on emotional abuse um, just to kind of highlight uh, some of the facts, some of the statistics, and then also some maybe helpful links and helpful websites that you and I found. And um, yeah, I think that if you want to kick it off and kind of say why it's relevant and in the news 
Yeah, I found a relevant news story today to our topic or this week. And by the way, we're mainly obviously we're a women empowerment podcast. So we're talking mainly about women. Megan's going to touch on how it impacts men a little bit, but it does impact men. So we're not ignoring that. Um, But since we're a women empowerment podcast, it'll be more one sided obviously. Um, Okay, so the New York Times, this article is mainly from the New York Times. Um, And this news this week shows how much not believing women rallying behind abusive, domineering males in society harms and harms women equality or female equality as well. Um, And it's example of the Me Too movement, in my opinion. But Rob Porter, he was the White House staff secretary. He resigned on Wednesday because two former wives of his former wives accused him of physical abuse and uh, it became more public. And I believe he's also dating the communications director of the White House. Okay. Um, but his troubles were not a complete secret, apparently, to the White House. And this is from the New York Times. Two people close to the White House said that the allegations against him made by his former wives um, had contributed to a delay in granting him a permanent security clearance. So he couldn't fully have security clearance. So wouldn't that be a red flag? Like if someone was at your office? Yeah, you would think so. Um John Kelly, who's the chief of staff, praised him at first after the allegations came out. Um, They even said it publicly. Um, He said he was a man of true integrity, could say not enough good things about him. He's a friend, a confidant, and a trusted professional. I would be proud. I am proud to serve alongside him after all of this came out. After what? Um, The wives. The wives allegations. And it was public. But it became more public in the public eye. Um, and a picture came out by one of his wives where you can see what he did. So proof is coming out. Yeah. And um, then the chief of staff backpedaled later. And I think, correct me if I'm wrong, and this might change b- before this uh, podcast even airs. But um, this obviously is a few weeks before. But they were, I read an article, I think, that John Kelly, some people want him to resign the chief of staff after he said those comments. Okay. As well. <clears throat> I think that this brings up an interesting issue that I think we face a lot, especially with the Me Too movement. These men are um, highlighted and they are some most of the time famous and so we see them in a light where we admire their ability to act in movies or we admire their ability to sing or whatever it may be in this case maybe um his friends admire him for being a good person in politics but that doesn't mean that there's not terrible sides to these people as well like we only see one side of people Yeah, it's interesting when they're in the spotlight to see it. Right. And think about like Matt Lauer, like probably people have praised him for being a news anchor and have praised him endlessly for all that he's done in his career. But that doesn't hide the fact of the bad shit that he did, too. And so it's it's I feel like it's also think about Michael Jackson. You know, we we praise him as one of the all time best artists in the history as long as we've been alive longer. And, but at the same time, there were allegations of, you know, child 
molestation. And so it's one of those things where it's hard for me because I love Michael Jackson's music. I think he was probably one of the most creative people on the face of this planet. But then it's hard for me to get behind him when there are those allegations. And so it's almost like, what? how are we supposed to react? How are we supposed to feel? How are we supposed to think about these people? And I think that's what some of Matt Lauer's co-workers were, were talking about, his female co-workers. Like they, some of them obviously were the ones that were impacted, but the other uh, others were like, we loved him and we didn't know. And now it's hard to see him differently. Right. So yeah, it's an it's an interesting thing. Um, well, do, am, did you want to go next? Yeah. So um, I kind of just wanted to kick things off with five facts you need to know about physical abuse in a relationship. It's from marriage.com. And so there, there were just things that I wanted to highlight that maybe aren't as apparent as what um, we consider to be physical abuse. And so the first thing is that physical abuse is more than just battering. Many survivors of physical abuse don't realize they are in an abusive relationship because we are taught to view abuse in a particular way. But physical abuse includes being pushed aside, being held against a wall or bed, being lightly smacked on the head, dragged, tugged, or for me, the, the one that was most surprising was reckless driving. So being in a car where the person driving is putting you in a reckless situation I think that I would have never even considered that to be physical abuse, but I, you lose your power um, to control the situation when somebody is purposefully, recklessly driving and you're a passenger. Right. That's very interesting. Um, the second one is that physical abuse rarely comes alone, so it typically mm. happens in relationships where verbal and emotional abuse also happen. Mm. Um, physical abuse often develops gradually. Every physical physically abusive relationship was filled with demeaning and controlling behavior at the beginning. So be aware of constant belittling. Did you, have you seen that show on HBO? Yes. What's um, it called? The one with Reese Witherspoon and all the famous women. I'll look it up. Yes, I saw it. All, all of our listeners are like screaming it right now. <laughs> um, the next one is that it is extremely difficult to leave an abuser. They can be violent in some moments, but charming and seductive in others. So there can be really long periods of seemingly peaceful and happy days. And it's really rare to see isolated occurrences of physical abuse that only happen once. Pick little lies. Thank you. It was the series. Is the series. They're coming out with a second season, but they it, it's about physical abuse. Yeah, one relationship is very much about physical abuse both sides the and this is touching on a lot of points Mm -hmm. it's conflicting the last one is that uh, physical abuse has long-lasting consequences these consequences can include psychological and physiological changes so people who are physically abused are more likely to have chronic headaches high blood pressure and digestive problems and one study um, found that victims of domestic abuse are more likely to develop cancer and other chronic and often terminal diseases. Wow. That's intense. I wouldn't, I mean, it makes sense to me, but I would have never thought about that. Yeah. What did you want to cover next? So signs of physical abuse, if you are, and I encourage also, we'll also go down to resources. If you feel like you are being physically abused and found this podcast because you were seeking help, we do have resources at the bottom. So you can either skip ahead 
or listen to this as well, because it might, if you're questioning whether you are being physical abused, it can uh, help you out, but it can also help um, if right now I'm going to go over signs that you can see in other people to help them. Um, Some of them are kind of obvious, but uh, bruises or injuries, red marks on the skin, um, sprained wrists are actually very common. And this is according to WebMD. I'm sorry. Hiding abuse with bruises or makeup. Um, making excuses like they're being accident prone when injuries look more serious than the cause. And asking someone else for permission to meet or do things with others. There's other signs from womenshealth.gov. Um, the partner insults them a lot in public. Um, they're always worried about making their partner angry. And we're mainly talking about partners in this podcast. Just I am at least, um, making excuses for their partner. The partner is often jealous and they've stopped spending time with you recently. Yeah. Some of those, um, definitely, you know, are very common, but, um, I think that it's good to highlight all of them too. Um, we mentioned earlier that, since we are a woman's podcast and most of the time our culture, um, kind of leads to believe that the women, um, are the, um, victims while the male counterpart in the relationship is the abuser. But I thought it was important to highlight the opposite as well, because I think it happens more frequently than what we think as a society. So this is from the guardian. Um, the, title is more than 40% of domestic violence victims are male. So this data is from the British Crime Survey from 2008 to 2009. It states that more than one in four women and around one to six men have experienced domestic abuse by the age of 16. Mm. This is equivalent to 4.5 million female victims of domestic abuse and 2.6 million male victims. So I think that our society um, leans more towards the woman being the victim, but um, and the the numbers still show it to be true, four point five compared to two point six million. But still, the numbers there for the men as well. And both numbers are probably not perfect either. People don't report it. Yep. So then there are also claims that police don't take domestic violence with the woman as the abuser as seriously as when the male is the abuser. Interesting. Um, here's a quote from John Mays from the article. Culturally, it's difficult for men to bring these incidents to the attention of the authorities. Men are reluctant to say they've been abused by women because it seems as unmanly and weak. Hmm. And so I thought that this was a good tie-in to a previous episode that we done we did on reverse sexism yeah because which now I actually think exists yeah I've changed my mind you change your mind yeah and I think that this kind of is the truth it's ingrained in a man's head that they're the strong ones they're the dominant ones and so if they were to become the victim of a domestic abuse attack then they're not going to want to tell anybody because it takes away their manlyhood and their masculinity Whereas if from a young age, if if the mind was switched, then maybe they would be more likely to come forward. Right. Um, and then the last thing um, is that it's like you mentioned earlier, it's difficult to determine the rate of intimate partner violence against males as men um, as they may be reluctant to report their abuse or seek help. And I think that the opposite goes for women as well. I think that 
Um, some women probably have never come forward either, but I do agree that the number is probably heightened for the male. Right. For sure. Um, so the next one I have, my next section I did is why victims stay in domestic violence uh, relationships. So both of these statistics come from, or these facts come from MD and domestic violence roundtable. Um, so financial, they can't get out because of limited resources, conflicting emotions, manipulated with apologies and promises, shame and denial, sometimes safety concerns like they can't leave because they've been threatened, religious pressures, custody concerns of the children, if they have children, lack of emotional support, guilt, and lack of information on how to uh, get out of the situation. So um, now that we've kind of touched on some numbers and touched on what to look for, um, maybe we should kind of end on more of a positive note, kind of how to get out of them, how to get out of these relationships. So I found um, six ways to get out of an abusive relationship by Wesley Baines. So the first step is simply recognizing the abuse, but it's much more difficult than what it sounds. So first you have to recognize that it's happening. That's typical with anything, any kind of addiction or any anything is recognizing first. The second is to realize it's not your fa- fault. Abuse is never the victim's fault. Realizing this is key to getting out of an abusive situation. One of the most effective tactics of the abuser is to trick the victim into thinking that they deserve the abuse. The third is to document everything, which I probably wouldn't have thought about. Um, This can include Hmm. journal entries uh, describing the date in each instance of abuse. Um, To take that to the next level, it would be audio and video recordings, uh, making sure that the, um, the journals or the evidence is kept in a safe place. The next step would be to pack an emergency bag including clothing, toiletries, money, medication, um, copies of keys that you may need, um, birth certificate and social security card. Mm. Also keep in a safe place. Um, The next step is to set money aside. So this also brought up a previous episode that we did, um, episode 30 with Whitney Hansen, because she mentioned that her mom had to stay in a physical, physically abusive relationship because she couldn't financially take care of herself. Interesting, yeah. So um, this one could be just stashing away small amounts of money, um, any chance that that, uh, can come up. Mm -hmm. And the last step is to alert friends and family. Um, The abuser will will try to talk you out of it and will also uh, try to take you away from your support system. So coming back to family and friends is um, definitely a key and a vital step into uh, leaving an abusive relationship. Very true. So some of this stuff is overlapping. I actually might go down to um, one thing before I go up to my other ones, but it has to relate to yours. I think it's called the safety plan is what you just described. Um, Is that what they described it as? How to get out of a very abusive. Yeah. So it can also be called a safety plan is like a common term, I guess, for that online if you need to Google it as well. Um, and this is from the National Domestic Abuse or Violence Hotline. It says a safety plan is a personalized practical plan that includes ways to remain safe while in a relationship, planning to leave or after you leave. So think about those certain elements as well, like 
pre before um pre during and after safety planning involves how to cope with emotions tell friends and family about the abuse take legal action and more and i'm sure that's what the documenting is for um so there's a lot of article detailing plans and tips, but Megan touched on a lot of them. This hotline is a great resource as well. Um, it's available 24 hours a day via chat online or call. But as a heads up, if you're if you feel like your abuser is really looking after you and watching you, um, or if you feel like the person you know, um, recognize that search history can easily be viewed. So be careful about that. Um, so resources on safety planning legal info, etc., is on that website as well. Um, what website was it? That is good. Yeah, we should reiterate it. National Domestic Violence Hotline. Okay. So how to help. Um, if you want to help someone um, who you think is in an abusive relationship. So womenshealth.gov was this resource. I'm going to summarize it. So set up a time to talk, a safe time to talk with the person that you think is being abused. And this is if you're um, if you think someone you know is being abused, um, let her know that you're concerned about her safety and be honest. Um, be supportive. Listen to your loved one. Keep in mind that it's very hard to talk to her about the abuse. Tell her that she's not alone and that people want to help. Offer specific help. You might say you might just say you're willing to listen to help with child care or to provide transportation. Never place shame, blame, or guilt. Um, think, don't say like things like you just need to leave instead say something like I get scared about what might happen to you help make a safety plan like we talked about and encourage her to talk to someone who can help um, do you have any more positive things Meg or I have one more yeah go for it okay so resources there are thousands of domestic violence programs across the United States and this is actually from that hotline I discussed earlier, but um, this is their tips. And they say some of these domestic violence programs include an emergency shelter, counseling, legal advocacy, and community advocacy, and also transitional housing. So in between your emergency shelter and your permanent new home. Perfect. Um, I think that I would just want to end that. I think that the victim slash survivor, as well as the abuser, the best thing to happen for both people is to get the help that they need. I think that um, when a person becomes the abuser, um, there's a lot of deep-seated, rooted issues um, from childhood. Maybe they were abused. Yep, from um, life circumstances that um, had a really negative impact on their lives. And so I think... Um, the victim, as well as the abuser, just needs to get the help, professional help. You definitely. Okay, well, do we have a quote or should we just wrap it today? Let's just wrap it. Okay, well, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, we'll, we're going to do, I think, in between these two episodes, I think we're going to do more of a fun, a lighthearted one uh, next week. So stay tuned if you thought this one was heavy. By the way, I wanted to give a shout out because this tip and idea was given to, our, to us by Jesse Owens, who was in a previous episode. So go check out her episode that she was featured in. Awesome. Okay. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Bye. Bye.